Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Laura Mignot, CEO of the experience agency, G-Flash. Each week, I bring on an interesting leader who's doing game-changing work, and this week's episode is no difference. I'm so excited to have Andy Nathan, CEO of the Fortnite Collective, to join us to talk about what they're doing, how they're game-changing, and tell me about the hills of Colorado. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Awesome. So, as as I'm sure you know, I always ask the exact same question to all of our guests right off the show, off the bat because it's fascinating to see where it always leads. So, Andy, what was your first job? Cool. Yeah, it's actually the toughest question of them all. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, it's funny. I've thought a lot about it, and basically, my first job was working as in the kitchen of a camp in Lake George, New York called Camp Chinjakuk, which is not the most exciting. It was a YMCA camp, and uh, but it was actually, you know, when I think about the implications it had in my life, it was, you know, working as a team, you know, um, working in the front of the kitchen, the back of the kitchen, serving, you know, learning how to do the logistics of the kitchen, producing something, which is actually, you know, three meals a day. Um, but yeah, that was in high school, um, and it was a really fun job. Awesome. And so you went from working at that camp to now being CEO of Fortnite Collective. Mm-hmm. How did that happen? <laughs> Good question. Um, you know, I think in some ways a big reason I went into advertising, actually, I've, you know, as I mentioned, my, uh, my sister was right around the corner, and um, she worked in advertising right out of college, and she was a few years older than me. Uh, I have two, actually, sisters who are uh, both twins, but Stacy in particular, she was working at Low Lintos, and I think, you know, I just learned a lot about advertising through the lens of her, and it just seemed like a really interesting, to me, I, I think there was like a few different places you could go, you could go into finance, you could go into PR, you can go into marketing, you could go into advertising, and there was something about advertising that seemed really interesting to me. Awesome. So, you took the path of following your sister, mm-hmm. <laughs> and at, as younger brothers do, as a younger sister, same deal. You, you, end up, you follow your, your older siblings, whatever they want to do. And so how did Fortnite Collective come, how yep. that winding road take sure. you from Hobart College to, yeah. to now? Yeah, so I, um, you know, I, right out of college, I actually worked at, in New York City. I worked at a, a, the early part of my career, I worked in a lot of the, the more traditional, bigger agencies. So um, for about seven years, I worked at Ogilvy, New York, and I worked at Ogilvy, London on the IBM account. Um, I worked at, you know, at one point I was the managing director of Shia Day, New York. Um, but I think actually real where there was sort of a pivot in my career was I worked at BBH New York, which was, you know, much more of a sort of a small, smaller sort of creative micro network. And then ultimately from there I went um, to work at Crispin Porter and Bogusky in Boulder, Colorado, which led me to Boulder. Um, but I think, you know, I, I saw, saw different sides of the business you know one was working at these you know on these big you know holding company agencies working on big accounts um and then i think you know to me i just had a much more stronger desire to work on these sort of smaller micro networks where you're working on like really creative agencies and i think through all those experiences which were all very positive i just felt like there probably was a better way of working and, you know, I think at Fortnite, um, you know, we have this, you know, our value proposition is we help brands be better faster. And to me, I just felt like, you know, where the world was going, 
the, the tools that people have accessible to them, um, both in consumers and also marketers. It just felt like the whole process should be faster. And so um, we love the idea of actually creating forced deadlines where we you know, partner with our clients to, and we just think it makes us better. And so um, we have a process which we call the ad hack process, which is literally we'll do, whether it's two weeks or a week, or we'll even do these you know, sprints in two or three days where you know, we'll do uh, you know, brand strategy, creative development, creative refinement, all in a very con concise period of time. Wow. Yep. And so when you do these sprints, are you clients like, whoa, this is going too fast? Because I know getting approval, having the right people to check off on the boxes always takes, slows everything down yep. when you're dealing with bigger clients. How do they respond to this? Well, you're like, no, no it's two weeks. Well, you know, and, and I think it's one of these things where, and, and, and obviously clients or in some cases, you know, new business you know, prospects, they'll, they'll say, um, you know, do we have to adhere to the two weeks? We, there's no real hard and fast. Like, I think at the end of the day for us, we love the idea of creating forced deadlines. We truly believe that it just makes us better. It just alleviates groupthink, politics, fiefdoms, you know, all the things that get in the way of momentum. The more you slow stuff down, the more annoying it gets. And then, yeah. and then that's when people get frustrated and you're just like, uh-oh. Yeah. And then, and then people start to freak out about it. So by doing that, that's why that's, you know, agile scrum works. Yeah. Because, like, you're on the time. But, but I think, you know, the thing that is clear to me is that it's not for everyone, and it's not for every client. And I think, honestly, like, our feeling is, and we say that, like, you know, I think those who seek us out, there's a reason they're seeking us out. Um, and then there are some instances where, you know, when we explain the process, it just might not be the right fit for certain organizations. But um, I think it's pretty liberating for a lot of our clients. Um, and I think so many of them, you know, the more they work with agencies, the more further removed they are from that process and um, I think for them to be sort of instrumental and a co-architect in that process I think is, is really liberating and exciting for them. And what's been one of the, your, your favorite results as a result of that, of doing, doing one of these programs? Um, yeah, I mean I think, you know, for me, I, well, I mean I just in general, I love the fact that you go from, I mean in some cases you're literally going from you know, creating a brand positioning or repositioning in literally within days. Um, you know, so I think, you know, if you follow the logic of one of those processes, you know, we will go to the clients, um, have an immersion, really spend time kicking the tires of their business, whether it's, you know, tasting their products or going to retail, talking to key stakeholders, and um, really just starting to kind of immerse ourselves in their business. And then ultimately from there, you know, really, I think the other important thing for us is um, really hiring the right people. So we have a core team of over you know 15 people, but we have a collective of over 75 to 100 people that will pull in the right strategists or the right creatives that we think are best suited for the assignment. And I think those are people that either you know have a that could be a passion point. It could be you know they have category experience. It could be the tonality of you know um, there's all these different ways you know they could fit the target profile. Um, so you're you're getting people who have that that muscle memory to do what an agency might do and if not weeks, probably more likely months. months right. um, and so, uh, you know, we, we get there faster, then you're presenting to them what we think, you know, the best version of themselves is strategically, and then from there that becomes the springboard to go into the sprint itself. So to me, I think what I, I'm like most proud of is literally just yeah, doing that, where you're sort of, you know, creating this foundation and then creating these, you know, the big brand idea or brand ideas you know, to our clients, and then literally, you know, within two weeks, you're sort of off to the races going into production. 
Um, so, yeah. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's awesome. Because I think it's, it's just, it's, because it, it'll breed the right kind of clients she is. Because, like, obviously it's not for everybody, but the ones who are most committed to be like, we got to change. Because otherwise, yeah. we're just a slow moving elephant. Yeah. Are going to be the ones that are most excited by this? And I'd say, like, we have, like, you know, three sort of buckets of clients. Um, one are, you know, Fortune 500 companies. Fortune 500 companies who literally just want to infuse some like innovation into their you know organization, you know, and, and in some cases that could be literally just breaking glass in case of an emergency where they're just not getting what they're looking for and they need to move quickly. Um, others, I think, you know, literally just you know really like our process and just like you know um, you know just how it works for some of their brands. Um, I think a, a, a really common client would be a mid you know mid-sized clients that tend to be you know anywhere between 50 and 150 million revenue you know more often than not they're sort of founder-led companies private equity back that those are people who aren't ready to just kind of give you know the the brand to a big agency and they really want to be involved in the process and you know they have like obviously foresight and vision of what where they wanted their brand to go, and I think it's a great process for them to be able to really get someone to kind of unleash that for them. And then I think uh, another bucket for us, I mean, I think one of the things that sort of frustrated me working at bigger agencies is there was a lot of times that you would turn down interesting opportunities because they just didn't fit a certain financial sort of right, right. Um, threshold. And so I think the nice thing of our process is you sort of, you can right-size opportunities. So we always like to work, we call them startups with ambition. They're brands that, you know, have, uh, you know, you can see a path forward. You know, they are, you know, obviously starting to get some, you know, getting revenue. Um, but they just need the tools that other brands need. Um, to be successful, and I think you know if you can actually right size it based on the engagement, based on the amount of days involved, you can work with those brands. Awesome. And so, how did you guys think that the collective, by vetting the seventy-five to one hundred people, would set you guys apart? Well, I, th- I think part of it is, um, you know, in this day and age, I think you know having sort of a variable um, staff, I think, makes us sort of really relevant to our clients. I think the reality is a lot of times when you work at any size agency, it's not who's best for this assignment based on what we're trying to achieve, it's who's available. And so I think for us, I mean, we have a core foundation in terms of the people that we need to make us successful, um, to help us with, you know, you know, marketing ourselves, obviously business development, account management, um, creative development. But then I think, you know, we, we love the idea of just bringing in other people um, that we think are really well suited for that specific assignment that just give us a diversity of thinking and ideas. Um, so. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And so what made what was that point when you in, in your journey after being at the agencies and being in New York and now being out in being out in Boulder that you're like, I'm gonna start my own thing? it's uh, a good question. I mean it's it's probably something that sort of uh, I thought about it many times over many years and you know people who weren't in the industry would ask me like why don't you do this and I'm not sure I ever really had the answer for them and I, I, I am sort of a, a big believer in sometimes like you know your journey and your path just sort of happens serendipitously oh. um, I think you know when I think about it it's like I think I was of extreme value to a lot of big agencies um, I think when I most recently before this I was at a place called Pictures and Spoils for almost five years and I was the chief marketing officer and I think that was a case where it was a very sort of industrious scrappy 
uh, entrepreneurial place. And um, I, I remember thinking at the time, like, I'm, I'm doing all these things that I would probably you know, do for myself, so maybe this is a good time to actually try to go for, go for it and do it for myself. And so then you make the leap. Mm-hmm. What's, how do you get that first one? Um, you know, it was interesting. In this case, um, you know, we just pound the pavement. We were just really out there. And, you know, I sort of, it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek old adage, but it's like, you know, you ask for advice and you get money. You ask for money, you get advice, you know. And so I think in some ways, you know, we sort of had a thought process in terms of, um, you know, what we wanted to do. And so I think there was a lot of people from my network, whether they were other agencies, they were, um, you know, ex-clients of mine, I would just go and just present what I thought and just get feedback from them. And a lot of times I think they would want to do that to help. But in actuality, I think the more they sort of listen, they're like, well, this is actually sort of interesting. This is something that can help us. And so um, I think it was, you know, early on, we got a bunch of clients pretty early. Um, I think one of our, you know, best examples of a client that's been pretty amazing for, um, is Yasso Frozen Creek Yogurt. Um, you know, we found each other through a, a mutual agency, and um, and we just did one of these hacks. And you know, since then we've done a lot of work for them. I think it's, you know, I think we've almost done like forty two projects with them, oh where gosh. everything from you know developing packaging design to websites to you know creating marketing communications for them. And it's just been a really fun relationship. Awesome. And what would you say has been you know because the road to be an entrepreneur is insane, an emotional roller coaster, and full of disturbingly large potholes. Mm-hmm. What's been your biggest business challenge along the way? The biggest challenge? Hmm. Um, you know, in some ways, I, I'd say maybe the biggest challenge is not really knowing what the next challenge is going to be. You know, I mean, it's, you really can't always anticipate what's going to happen. Um, you know, I think as a small business owner, you do take a lot of body blows, you know, I mean, there's not as, there's not Tell me about more it. people who can absorb the hits, you know, there's, you know, you're just a small, and also I think you want to protect your staff from a lot of that too. I mean, obviously, you know, you, you empower them to do their jobs and stuff, but you also want to keep them very motivated. And, um, so yeah, I think not really knowing where the next challenge is going to come from, not being able to anticipate that. I mean, some of it could be market dynamics, where the industry's going, where clients are going, some of it could be bad luck, some of it could be how you're positioning yourself, and, and I, you know, I think the other challenge there is there's never that exact science, you know, and so I think in some ways, I mean, we, we do our due diligence, we work really hard, we, you know, sort of stress test ideas and concepts and how we work, and we try to optimize that, but you also have to accept the fact that there's going to be times where... You know, you just don't know what the next challenge is going to be. Awesome. You know, it's interesting because, you know, it's being a small business owner is just such an insane ride. And you literally have zero idea of what your phone is going to tell you when you, after you put it down for five minutes, you're like, what do I do? So with you guys and being a collective, but also you know, being a bespoke agency, when those sort of weird challenges arise, what's sort of your strategy to deal with that? Um... Yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think the big thing for us is, I mean, I, we've really worked hard to create a culture, um, and you know, it's interesting. We have, and in some ways, I think for me, who's the founder of this company and the CEO, like, while obviously 
my voice is important. I think as a collective, I think there are, you know, the, the collective sort of thinking that is really important. And, and the last thing I want to be is the order that's sitting there and telling everyone what we you think, yes, you know, just <laughs> finger wagging. And, and we've actually created a bunch of mantras that, you know, are just really sort of true to what we believe in. And, and I think in some ways we always say, like, you know, really take inspiration from the mantra. So, I mean, the first, like, we have a rallying cry, which is better hustle. That was, and we literally have like a, a light art installation in our office that just reminds us of that every day, which is, um, you know, in this day and age, I think, you know, grand side marketers better hustle, but we better hustle. So I think that's one of it. It's, just, it's not just about, you know, hustle, but just literally doing a, you know, trying to find a better way of But also hustling. finding a better hustle. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I think, I mean, that, that is the really important intonation of, of that kind of expression. And then, you know, things like, you know, fortune favors the brave and the way we do anything is the way we do everything. Like we have a lot of different, you know, action conquers fear. I mean, I think, you know, to us, um, another one is keep moving. And, and to me, actually, that one started as like a family mantra, which is, you know, to, to us, um, both my family and then also, you know, as an agency, it's just, I think nothing good happens when you stay, when you stand still. I think we want to be in constant motion. We want to be constantly making things, you know, kind of optimizing ourselves and um, helping our brand, you know, helping our clients be better. You know, so there's a great book um, called Bring Your Human to Work um, mm-hmm. by Erica Hesman, and she talks about how it's so important for a company's brand values to be short, simple, but honest. And it sounds like you guys have gotten that down to an incredible side of the universe because, like, better hustle, fortune get degree. Like, you get that. Like, yeah. it doesn't require you to, like, oh, I have to figure out what I'm going to do with this agency and, like, it's going to be a sweatshop. And, like, well, no, better hustle. Yeah. Uh, so I think that's, that's, that's pretty awesome. Are, are we, have, we have two at the, uh, um, one is be the duck. Um, because ducks um, never move backwards. I love that. Um, and if you've ever seen a duck after like an oil spill or something, you'll never, you'll also notice that they are still paddling through the oil. They never stop. That's great. And so like you never, you, you'll, you'll see them paddling underneath. You're like, oh my God, I just, I just keep gliding across the water. And so for us, that's, you know, that's always about us. Like just always moving forward. And the other one is that welcome home. So everything we design should be welcoming when you walk through the doors, and you should feel at home when you're in this space. Because, like, you wouldn't want someone to not feel welcome in your home. And so then, whenever you're going to for a client, you gotta think about it as our house is their house. Uh, so I think that is it's, it's a real. I think as small business owners, that we oftentimes see this a lot better than bigger agencies because we're still close enough yeah. to our employees that we can still affect that as leaders. And I think that's really important as you try. And, Go to the next, next, yeah. That's really important, and then I think you know the reality is I think what's nice about things like mantras and philosophies is they live beyond their founders, you know, and so I think, um, and that I think is the best thing about you know you think about like you know me as a you know I'm a you know father of a twelve year old and a nine year old, and at the end of the day you just sort of have to teach them lessons and teach them things and to help them find their way and then at some point they leave the nest, <laughs> they leave the nest. And, and I think it's no different than an agency where you you, know, you set sort of things in motion and philosophies and, and then ultimately you know it's you have to empower your people to do their jobs and, and 
the nice thing about us at Fortnite is, you know, we've actually had a, a tremendous, I think literally it's been like a 100% retention rate. We're two and a half years old. Um, and, you know, we're growing steadily, and they've just done a great job of kind of implementing those um, philosophies. That's so, okay, New York versus Boulder. So, advertising life in New York is one thing. What's, the, what's probably the big differentiator about running an agency in Boulder versus in New York? Mm, that's a great question. Um, you know, in some ways, I mean, for starters, I can wear flip-flops more. Um, <laughs> that, that's one thing. Not Tevas? <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, you know, in some ways, like, I think, you know, Boulder is one of these places, and obviously Denver is getting really big as well, and, um, you know, sort of a trendy city. Um, Boulder's, you know, sort of the smaller sibling, but it's a, in some ways, like some people call it like the Silicon Valley of the mountains, and it's a very entrepreneurial spirit to it. I think in some ways it's sort of a hub to, there's a lot of like venture capital, private equity, a lot of tech. I mean, you know, Google's got a big space there. Amazon's moving in there in a big way. Other agency or other, you know, tech brands, um, but also has like a natural foods and natural brand hub as well. And so... I think there's that, like, entrepreneurial spirit. There's a lot of people who come. Like, I sort of half-joke that a lot of us are recovering East Coasters. Um, and I have known a lot of my <laughs> friends who have left the East Coast and have gone to Boulder. And the flip side, folks from Silicon Valley who have not yep. gone to Boulder because they're like, crap. Yeah, yeah. So I think you have a lot of that. You have people from New York or San Francisco or L.A. or Chicago who are moving there. And I think there's, you know, I mean, there's culture, there's art, there's great food. But I think you also have like a sort of a, uh, a more natural sort of environment in terms of, you know, you're a half a mile away from doing hikes or going for bike rides or people who mountain climb or ski. So there's, you know, a lot of that. Um, so you can tap into that. But yet, you know, you're still working and performing at a very high level. Yeah, it, it sounds like it's a much better quality of life. <laughs> um, you know, and it's, it's, I mean, it, I think it is, in my opinion, I mean, I, so interestingly, I moved from New York to Boulder, and then we actually moved back to New York in, for about a year, and then we moved back, and so we've you know, now been there about 10 years. Um, I mean, I love New York. I love sort of plugging into New York. I have family here. Um, I have a brother and, you know, my sister, um, another sister in upstate New York. My parents have, so, like, this is sort of, in a lot of ways, it is home for me, but there's just something about, you know, plugging into, you know, the... The, the outdoors and the nature of, of Colorado that I just absolutely love. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, speaking of that, so you know, kind of going back from New York to, to Boulder, what would you tell 25-year-old Andy? Hmm. Um, you know, I think probably don't, I mean, don't stress, don't sweat every, you know, don't fear every excruciating detail. I think, you know, there's in the end, I think it's, you know, the things that we look back, the things that we sort of worry about and we sort of foreshadow that are the concerns more often than not are not the things that actually are the things. You know, it's something else that actually you don't anticipate. Along. Yeah. That, um, so I think in some ways, like, you know, do your job, you know, have a good sort of perspective on things, um, but, you know, be very positive and, you know, everything's going to be okay. Yeah, I think that's all. I think when looking back at 25-year-old me, she would have never guessed this is where I'd be. Even though I was working in agencies and 
I figured I would probably make my way, I'd move my way up to becoming like an SVP account director of some sort. Mm -hmm. um, but the idea of like owning my own agency that focuses on events, yep, no, was not the thing. But I think the road for entrepreneurship, you know, always sort of takes you in surprising and interesting destinations. You're like, all right, yeah. this is what I'm going to get on. And for you, so like, you know, you've, how are clients responding to what you guys do when you're like, listen, we've done these sprints, and now we want to do this next project for you? What if it doesn't work? Yeah, I mean, I mean, the nice thing is, and it's funny, like, any, a lot of times we'll be in, like, new business meetings, and people say, like, what if it, you know, has it not? Like, I honestly would say, in the two and a half years, like, we've, we've always landed the plane. And we just do. And I think some of it is like you're sort of entrenched together. You're figuring it out. I think you're creating like a real dialogue. You're, I think a big part of it is listening, curating their ideas. Um, I think so many times when you work with more traditional, bigger agencies, I think a lot of times they'll sort of greet the agency. They'll go away. They'll come back, you know, weeks later. Um, and to me... Like, I think, you know, having that sort of real collaboration and, you know, closeness to the process, I think it, it sort of allows real critical checkpoints um, with our clients. So, you know, not only do I feel like we've had a lot of success with it, it probably 80 or 95, 90% of the time leads to a second project or leads for us to go into production. And so I think that's, to me, the ultimate validation that it's working. Awesome. And what's the project that you've been the most proud of now you're two to three in? You probably had that one where you're like, yeah. Yep. Um, I'd say, you know, I think for me, I'd say Yasso. I mean, the, the Frozen Creek Yogurt brand. Um, because, you know, we've sort of been on a journey with them together. And um, we've done some great work with them. And they've been just great partners. And, um, yeah, and I think we've, you know, really helped them with a lot of just, um, you know, just lots of different, whether it's their website or packaging, coming up with, you know, they have a new Stack Buddies line, they have a new Pints line, um, doing some of the marketing communications, like that's been probably the one I've been most proud of. Oh, awesome. Mm -hmm. All right, so um, I love food, so I have a food question. All right, where is the best place to go eat in Boulder? Best place to eat in Boulder? Um, I would say the kitchen. Um, which is uh, a guy by the name of Hugo Matheson and uh, actually Kimball Musk's um, restaurant, which is Elon Musk's brother. And really? uh, Yeah, and so it's a great restaurant. Most that Musk family? Jesus. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, that's the kitchen. Um, it's a great restaurant, and then they also have, yeah, so that I'd say that's the best one. What kind of food? Uh, probably, like, classic, like, American cuisine, really healthy. It's all, in some ways, like, the way I would describe them is that they're probably one of the first, if not the first, like, farm-to-table wow. restaurant. Yeah, it's very good. Really? They have one in Chicago and various other places, but really great food. Wow, fresh mm -hmm. farm-to-table. I, I, would, I would have figured, like, you have the air and the mountains that you'd, there'd be more farm-to-table yeah. starting out. In well, I think it was, I, I think it's probably one of the first in the country. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, really, incredible. I could be wrong. We're gonna we're gonna just say that that mm -hmm. Andy said it was true. So yeah. Um, so, a year, eighteen months from now, what do you think you guys be doing? Good question. I mean, the nice thing is um, we have a London office now. It's been a little more than a year old. Awesome. Um, that's been great. Um, it's been a lot of fun. You know, so working on two continents. 
Um, time zones. Yeah, two time zones, <laughs> which, you know, in Precious. some ways, you know, what we like about that is you can almost follow the sun. Like, you know, there's sometimes where we'll kick over a project from an assignment where, you know, we'll go to sleep and they're working on it and, you know, it comes back to us. And, when you guys are awake. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, you know, I think for us, we're just going to continue to optimize, you know, our model, um, try to find more clients that we can work with, um, and just get deeper relationships with our clients, um, and just learn different ways to kind of collaborate and, 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 you know, just find different ways to think about, like, you know, if, if, if advertising, I wouldn't say it's stuck, but I think that traditional process is something that needs to be tweaked a little bit. And so for me, you know, how can we be the ones that really keep um, experimenting with that and just, you know, trying to find a better really way of refining that process even more as you guys get on this? I think so. I mean, what, you know, what was interesting to me is, you know, we had a, when we first launched, there was an article about us in Ad Age. And there was actually um, a Fortune 500 company, a, a couple who reached out to us and they were sort of, you know, very intrigued by the, our model and the process. And one of them, who's now a client now, was like, uh, said something to the effect of, we love your process. Here's the only challenge. It's not fast enough. And that was when, you know, it was like a two-week process. And that's and we really took that to heart. Like, all right, you know, maybe there's a way of doing this even faster. And so, um, you know, I think for us, while I think we're very, um, you know, passionate about it, I think we, we have a lot of talent. I think we have great strategic thinkers and great um, creative thinkers and producers of, of you know of work um, I think you know we just got to keep thinking about it how are there different ways that we could do things differently um, than any that's ever been done before well it's cool because I think you guys have something interesting because you mentioned something about your 100% tension rate mm-hmm. which tells me something really incredible about the culture at Fortnite Collective to get people to stay how did you build that culture yeah, I mean, uh, I, I think part of it is, uh, you know, I, I mean, I think what's nice about, you know, being uh, an entrepreneur and a founder of a company is like, you know, I've never, and the first time, I've never really done it before. I mean, a lot of it's just based on instincts. I'd say, honestly, like, you know, I, I really pride myself on more so leaning on my EQ than my IQ, and I think part of it is, um, you know, how do you create this culture, and how do you take all those experiences from your previous life and work and apply some of those and some things you've done right some things you've done wrong and actually apply that and so to me like really investing in that culture and creating some of the foundations that whether I'm there or not you know carry on I think was really pivotal to that and so um, you know I think we like to have a lot of fun together we do like an annual retreat in Keystone um, where we have a ski you know where we go up to the mountains for you know, uh, we sort of have a company meeting, and then we have a night out, and then we ski the next day, and things like that. And you know, we're and constantly. Plus, you're hungover that night yeah. before, and you're on the slopes. Exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah. So <laughs> far, no injuries. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome. So, and because I, it, no, it's just fascinating to me because I think finding great talent and then keeping great talent is like the holy grail of advertising, and you guys have been able to do that by building something that sounds like it has an incredible culture, but also the work is, is really fulfilling and rewarding. Yeah, definitely. And it's, yeah, it's been, it's been a lot of fun and, you know, we're excited to see where it goes. Awesome. All right. So I can eat at the kitchen. Um, and I also really like ice cream. So, um, where am I going to go for ice cream in Baltimore? Mm, that's a good question. I almost have to channel my, my kids, Luke and Isla for that. 
Um, well, there's a, a really fun place um, on Pearl Street, across the street, actually, from the kitchen called La Pop. Um, and it's literally, they have, you know, it's like popsicles, and you can dip them into all these different, you know, whether it's chocolate or butterscotch and crunch and all that stuff. It's very good. So that would be, that would be a good night out, kitchen and La Pop. All right, so, if I, so my, on my trip to Boulder, I've got to go to dinner at the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Have amazing farm to table first two courses. Do not have dessert there. Go across the street to the pub and get like chocolate, like you know, vanilla covered in butterscotch sugar, and I'll be a happy camper. You would be. Then you got to go for a hike. Yeah, this hiking thing. <laughs> so like, what is? <laughs> As a New Yorker, I'm like, what hike? Hike. Eh. There's some easy, easy ones. You get you, you, great views. Really fun. Yeah, great sun. How, how is the elevation? Because like, I feel like um, Denver is like a higher elevation than anywhere else. I've, I, I've been in Denver for exactly two hours in the layover. Yeah. <laughs> so I know nothing about it. Yeah, Denver's elevation, I think, is like 5280. Um, but yeah, you, you really feel, you can really feel the <laughs> altitude in places like Denver and Boulder. Yeah, I, I've, I've been to Park City and I thought I'd pass out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like my feet. Um, that's fantastic. Well, Andy, that was a fantastic conversation. You're such a delight. I am so impressed with the company you built in a short amount of time. And you, you, the process is fantastic. So it's been a fantastic conversation. And what, I'm going to put all those recommendations in the show link, including the kitchen and the pot. And going for a hike. Mm. Tell me where to go <laughs> for a great hike. And we'll put them in the show as well. Cool. All right. Thanks so much, Andy. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Great. And that's our show.